This episode is sponsored by me, Andy Hill, the host of this show. If you're looking for someone to support you on your family, wealth, and happiness journey, I'm taking on a select number of coaching clients this year. To work with me one-on-one for your family finances, go to marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching to learn more. This is the Marriage, Kids, and Money podcast with Andy Hill. show is dedicated to helping you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Thanks for being here today. If you are new to this show on the first Monday of every month, we start off with a question from the Marriage, Kids and Money community. After our question, we're going to highlight another Money Master of the Week. And lastly, I'm going to throw down another MKM challenge like I did last year. Bringing it back, everybody. (laughs) This week's question comes from Michelle in response to an article I wrote about paying off our mortgage early. Hi, Andy. I find myself in a unique position. I understand the steps you've outlined in your article. I've read a few books on that process by Dave Ramsey. What advice would you give to someone who lives in a very high-cost area? Both my husband and I make decent salaries that would be considered upper-middle class in most areas, but where we are, they are just average middle class. Housing costs are very high in my area, and property insurance slash taxes are around $15,000 per year. I've read so many articles on the subject, but they always quote mortgages for homes around $200,000. Where I live, you couldn't even get a one-bedroom apartment for that cost. I want to sell my starter house that I paid $378,000 for 10 years ago and upgrade for my growing family, but a 15-year mortgage with 20% down with taxes will put us around $4,600 per month in payments with nothing going extra to principal and limiting our potential to save. It seems impossible to get ahead and keep my children in a nice neighborhood near family. Please don't misunderstand quote-unquote nice does not mean luxury. This price is about average. We don't live lavishly, have any car payments, or take big vacations. I have about $500 per month in student loans. We have a 30-year mortgage now that I pay bi-weekly and pay about $500 per month towards extra principal. My total payment is about $3,700 per month for a basic three-bedroom ranch house that we've put a lot of work into ourselves. I'm also currently paying about $1,100 for school tuition for my children, five and three, because the schools where I live now are not so great. I would really like to live debt-free, but feel like it's impossible. I appreciate any advice you have. Thanks, Michelle. My kids are five and three too, Michelle. We're right there with you. <laughs> what a great question. You are in a unique spot, as you say. If your major motivator is to live debt-free, have more options in your life, like vacations and family fun, and be less stressed about money, I have five thoughts for you. Let's break them down here. Number one, consider moving to a lower cost area of the US. This might seem obvious, to you and to a lot of people listening, but when the family size grows and the desires for the future do as well, a lot of families move to a place where the taxes are lower and you can get more house for your money. It sounds like the part of the country that you're in, um, I don't know where it is, Chicago, I'm thinking Chicago, LA, New York, uh, some high cost of living places that, um, 
you know, might not have the, the, the top tier schools that you're talking about. It sounds like the part of the country that you're in will make it quite difficult for you right now and in the future. So there are other lower cost of living areas in the U.S. that have excellent schools. No more school tuition when they hit kindergarten, which is great. And uh, they also have beautifully reasonable priced homes and your taxes could be a third or less of your, of your current cost. So that's my number one. Consider moving to a lower cost area of the, of the country. Number two, make more money. <laughs> if moving is completely out of the question, you, you know, you heard my number one, you're like, no thanks. Whether you have a family specific issue or you have a specific uh, skill set for your job that requires you to be where you are. You need to find a way to bring in more money to keep pace with this lifestyle you have. So ask yourself uh, a couple questions. Are you due for a raise at work? If so, ask for it. Make sure you lead with your accomplishments and your contributions to the company instead of your personal need for sure. Number two here in this question set, do you have upward mobility in your career? Do you actually see a path for yourself to make more money? If not, you might want to consider seeking out another position to increase your income overall. And then what can you do to make some more money on the side? Do you have a hobby that you love that you could pursue maybe during the nights and weekends that could help help to um, pay down that student loan uh, that you have? A great side hustle would be an awesome way to pay down the debt, have some fun, and create some more freedom in your life. So that's number two. Number three, reduce your expenses. So you may feel like you're not living lavishly right now, but it couldn't hurt to do a little analysis of your overall spending to see where you might be able to reduce further. So look at all of the line items in your budget and prioritize what is most important to you. Consider eliminating or reducing some of the cost to give yourself, to give yourself some breathing room. <laughs> Nicole and I changed our grocery spending last year. This is actually a good example. We, um, we ended up saving about $3,500 uh, just by switching the place we were shopping and shopping weekly instead. We also cut cable and saved over 1000 bucks doing that. Just little things like that could help you just get a little more breathing room and at least help you to pay down that student loan debt. Number four, analyze your current debt payoff strategy. As I was reading your letter, it looks like you're paying extra on the mortgage right now. So do me a favor and take a look at your interest rate for the student loans. Is it higher than your mortgage? If so, I'd recommend paying down the student loans before paying down the mortgage. It is nice to pay down that mortgage for sure, but if your mortgage rate is lower than your interest rate for the student loans, it makes a little bit more sense to clobber that one first. So number five, consider refinancing the loans. So depending on your interest rate for both the mortgage and the student loans, it may be time to consider refinancing to a lower interest rate. For your home, you could check out LendingTree. Nicole and I used that for our last mortgage. And for your student loans, you could check out something like Student Loan Hero or SoFi. And um, you could potentially save thousands of dollars per year by going to these websites and clicking a few buttons. <laughs> so make sure it's worth it. And if you could really lower your rates, that would be uh, that could be a game changer for you. It may seem off for me to say this last statement to you, but there's nothing wrong with having a mortgage. You, I, we just paid ours off, so it might seem a little weird that I'm saying that, but 
You don't need to pay it off, especially if you have a low interest rate. Millions of Americans have a mortgage for 30 plus years and they're still happy and they're living healthy, fun lives. We chose to pay it off, but that doesn't mean that you have to. There are many other ways to build wealth for your family and experience financial freedom outside of paying off your mortgage. I hope these ideas help. And let me just repeat them a little bit for everybody here. So number one, consider moving to a lower cost area of the U.S. Number two, make more money. Number three, reduce your expenses. Number four, analyze your current debt payoff strategy. Think about those student loans versus the mortgage. Which one makes more sense based on the interest rate? And then number five, consider refinancing. So I hope these ideas help you and your family, Michelle. Are you looking for someone to walk alongside you on your journey to family financial independence? Well, I would love to help you achieve your goals and help your family thrive. I work with couples, individuals, and families all around the U.S. via video chat and can assist in the following areas. Becoming debt-free, growing your net worth, crafting and sticking to your budget, reviewing Coast Fire plans, developing strategies to build generational wealth for your kids, and designing your future work optional lifestyle. Doesn't that sound nice? <laughs> if you're interested in working with me one-on-one, you can book a time with me by visiting marriagekidsandmoney.com coaching. I would love to help you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Visit marriagekidsandmoney.com coaching to learn more, or you can click the link in our show description. time to announce the money master of the week liz from connecticut called in with a major net worth win i won't steal her thunder the floor is yours liz hi i am liz from connecticut i'm the breadwinning sole income earning mom of my family of five and i write online under chief mom officer i'm calling today to let you know about my big win for 2017 I was actually able to increase my net worth by more than my income last year. And I did that with three things. First, I have a 15-year mortgage and I'm about a third of the way through. So I had a lot of principal payoff. The second was a high savings rate. We save and invest about half of my income every year between savings investments and the mortgage principal pay down. And third, of course, the crazy returns in the market. So with those three things, I was able to increase my net worth by more than I made. And upcoming for 2018, I'm planning to continue to save to pay off my mortgage early, targeting having that paid off before I'm 40, and looking to continue saving for my three boys' college funds. Anyway, I hope everyone had a great 2017 and is going to have an awesome 2018. Have a great day. Great work, Liz. I love those three net worth boosting strategies. Number one, pay down the mortgage. Number two, living on 50% of your income. And then number three, investing in the stock market during this awesome major bull run. Super cool. (laughs) Apparently, Liz is a big fan of low-cost index funds. These are excellent ways to keep the fees low, diversify your holdings, and keep investing simple. That is the way that I like to invest too. You can learn more about Liz and her breadwinning, mortgage-crushing ways at chiefmomofficer.org. Liz, 
Congratulations for being our Money Master of the Week. Do you have a recent financial victory that you want to share on the show? I would love to hear it. Please email me at andy at marriagekidsandmoney.com or leave me a voicemail like Liz did at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash voicemail. My friends, I am resurrecting the MKM challenge. Last year, I threw down a monthly challenge to help us get more out of life, and I'm bringing it back to help us have the best 2018 possible. This month's challenge is inspired by an article that I read by Tom Sylvester from TomAndAriana.com. In his article, Tom talks about the importance of physically scheduling time on your calendar for learning. Physically going in there, making calendar notices, and plopping it in there so it's actually on your calendar. Not just saying you're going to do it, putting it down. So this is for learning a new skill, learning how to handle your money better, learning how to grow your relationship with your spouse and your kids. Honestly, if we're not learning, we're not growing. But it's not it's not just enough to learn. We also need to allow time to implement what we've learned. I'm a huge violator of this, actually. I absorb books and podcasts and articles and audiobooks and uh, man, I, but I, I absorb them, but then I quite often don't allow myself to actually implement what I've learned. So knowledge, <laughs> honestly, knowledge without action is useless. <laughs> so let me ask you a question. What area of your life do you want to improve this month? Are you an entrepreneur that wants to grow your small business? Are you looking for ways to grow your net worth? Once you decide what your focus area is for the month, find a resource that supports that growth. To help you, I've included a couple articles in the show notes that contain 10 books that have helped me in my entrepreneurial growth as well as my personal finance growth. It doesn't have to be about wealth building. It could be health focused. It could be marriage focused. It could be improving your relationship with your kids. Anything you want to improve on this month. I'm going to jump in on the challenge. So for me, I'm going to read How to Talk So Kids Will Listen and Listen So Kids Will Talk by Adele Faber and Elaine Maslish. I think I'm pronouncing that right. (laughs) Because I want to read that book because I want to become a better father. I want to have a better relationship with my kids and grow. So that's where I'm going to focus this month. If it's not fatherhood or or parenthood for you, is it personal finance? Is it uh, growing the relationship with your spouse? Is it health focused? These are all important areas that we can learn and then implement. So after we find our resource, it's time to block off time on our calendar to learn. When is the best time for you to learn? Think about that. Are you a night person? Are you better in the morning? Is it? Can you block off a little bit of time on your lunch break to um, have a little reading opportunity or studying, studying opportunity? So physically block off the time on your calendar so you're making that commitment. And if you share a calendar with your spouse, Tom talks about this in his article too, include it in that share calendar so they are supporting your desire to improve yourself as well. After you've done that, make sure you block off time for the implementation part of it to the action part. Let's not just read the book, put it down and say, well, I did that, finished it. (laughs) 
put it back on the shelf and do nothing. (laughs) I've done that. Make some time to implement the ideas that resonated with you. Put that knowledge into action. You'll be healthier, wealthier, happier, and smarter because of it. The challenge has been laid down, my friends. Who is in? Shoot me an email at andy at marriagekidsandmoney.com or send me a voicemail at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash voicemail. I appreciate hearing from you guys when you when you write me and call in. It truly inspires me to keep moving forward and uh, give you guys the best for the Marriage, Kids, and Money podcast. I will also put Tom's article in the show notes so you can check that out at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash session 68. This month, we have an excellent lineup of guests joining us. Next week, we've got Whitney Hansen, who's going to tell us how we can build our credit without credit cards. Very interesting. And the week after that, I have Jonathan Mendonza from Choose FI, and he's talking about the incredible FIRE movement, the financial independence retire early movement that's taking place and how he is a part of that. And at the end of the month, we have an exciting discussion with Tanya and Mark from Our Next Life discussing how they retired early at 38 and 41. A very inspiring month ahead of us, my friends. I'm so excited for you to be here and grow with me. In the spirit of growth and inspiration, I'm going to end the show with a quote today from Jim Rohn. Don't let your learning lead to knowledge. Let your learning lead to action. Very inspiring words, my friends. Carpe diem. (laughs) 